This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to the Jewish crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Today, Catholics all around the world celebrate the Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ, which is popularly called Corpus Christi, meaning the Body of Christ in Latin. It is a feast that makes logical sense where it is in our liturgical calendar in terms of we've celebrated the Easter season. When Jesus rises from the dead, his first disciples come to understand he really is the eternal Son of God. He has the full power of God's life and love. When the Holy Spirit enters the disciples at Pentecost, which we celebrated two weeks ago, they come to understand what we celebrated last week, that God, the ultimate revelation of who God is, God is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, three persons, an eternal communion of love. When the Holy Spirit enters these disciples after Pentecost, they also come to fully understand, I think they probably understood it because Jesus must have explained it between his resurrection and ascension, but they come to fully experience the Eucharist through the power of the Holy Spirit, the transformation of just bread and wine into the real presence of the body and blood of Christ. So this week, we're just invited to reflect on this because as Catholics, we're, we believe that the Eucharist that we're about to receive on this from this altar is the source and the summit of our entire life as Catholics, the source. So of all the ways that God enters us through the scripture, through the other sacraments, through good relations, through prayer, we believe that the Eucharist, because it's the only way that Jesus fully becomes present on this planet, is the source of every other grace that we experience. It's not secondary, it is the source of all of the goodness in our lives. And it's the summit. Think about all the good things for all of our corruption, for all of our limitations, all of the good things that hundreds of millions of Catholics are gonna do around the world today. All the good things, all the feeding of hungry people, all of the caring of people in prisons, all of the good things in your families. The single most important thing we do 
is celebrate the Eucharist, which I think would make sense even if you don't believe in this. If this really is Jesus is becoming real on this planet sacramentally, it is the single most important thing that we do collectively. It's why the celebration of the Eucharist is meant to be the beginning and the center of our lives every week of our lives. So this year, we're invited to reflect on the passage we just heard from John 6. You may recall this is a pivotal chapter in the Gospel of John. It's the one that it'll be next summer we take a break from the regular Sunday readings, and I think for about six weeks, we focus on this ch sixth chapter of John. So this is during Jesus' public ministry, obviously. At this point in his public ministry, Jesus has performed miracles that attract the attention of thousands and thousands of people. In this chapter, it's where he multiplies a couple of fish and a couple of loaves of bread and miraculously feeds probably 20,000 or so people. It's depicted in that beautiful window, now back restored in this church. A lot of people are drawn to Jesus because this really happens through the multiplication of the loaves and the fish. He is pressing people to make a decision about him. He has really shaken up a lot of people's souls. He has taught people and lived God's love in ways that they've never before experienced. And he is pressing more and more insistently that people have to make a decision either to believe in him, which means to become his disciple, or to not believe in him. In this passage, Jesus tells people, he lays out even more. He says, he has come down from heaven. I hope you get this. That's either true or false. If I get up here today, or if anyone gets in front of you and says, hey, I came down from heaven, there is no gray area there. That is either true or false. I did not come down from heaven. I know you thought I did. I did not. That is either true or false. He says that God the Father, I'm, he says that he is uniquely God's son. We're all God's children, but he is God's eternal son. That's either true or false. He says that he is the living bread come down from heaven that anyone who eats this bread will live forever unless you, and, and that he is, this bread is his real body and his real blood, his real flesh and his real blood. Anybody who eats his flesh and drinks his blood will be given eternal life. And once you get this, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my life, you're saying no to eternal life. That is all either true or false. My strong guess is nobody who hears this could possibly understand it. From the scripture, it appears lots of people think he's talking about cannibalism. This guy is crazy. And John tells us that many of his disciples, not just people in the crowd, many of the people who have changed their lives and have been following him, leave him. And they return to their former way of life they think this is crazy. I understand why they think it is crazy. You may recall Jesus asks his 12 closest disciples, are you two gonna leave? And Peter says, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe that you are the Holy One of God. He does not say, I understand what you're talking about, because that would be a lie, I'm, I'm, I'm confident. He does not say I'm putting this together. 
He doesn't say, I feel good about this, but he says, we believe you're the Holy One of God, and we believe you have the words of eternal life. There's no one else to whom we can go. So flash forward, you with me here? Flash forward to the Last Supper. This begins to become clear at the Last Supper, depicted in this window. At the Last Supper, finally, Jesus reveals what he's been talking about. He takes bread, he blesses it, he gives it to them, and he says, this is my body, eat it. He takes wine, he blesses it. He says, this is my blood, drink it. I think you all know this. He doesn't say, this is like my body, this is like my blood, this will remind you of my body, this is a symbol of anything. He says, this is my body, this is my blood. And the eat and the drink, the verbs in Greek, are what cows do, chew it and eat it. This is real. My very strong guess is that other than the Blessed Mother, I don't think anyone in the room at the Last Supper understood what was going on. But what did happen is they went out and saw him killed, and they did see him rise from the dead, and he did remain with them for 40 days, and they did receive the Holy Spirit. They came to understand the straightforward truth. He is the eternal Son of God. He's the origin of everything on this planet. He can change whatever he wants into whatever he wants. He can change through the Holy Spirit, real bread and real wine into the real sacramental presence of his body and blood. Those people came to understand it and they came to believe it and they came to become the instruments through which the Holy Spirit continues to make the Eucharist real until the end of earthly time. Wow. If you're sitting here bored, shake yourself up. That is the greatest gift that God gives us. Jesus gives us not an inspiration, not just the scripture, not just connection and prayer. He gives us his entire self sacramentally through the Eucharist. If we, there's nothing magic about this. If we receive him and choose to allow him to grow in us, if we get out these doors and live his love that has entered us, if we choose to put it into practice, that's belief. We are on the path of eternal life. Nothing will kill us on this planet spiritually. We will live spiritually no matter what happens to us on this planet. And when we die, if we are part of this, really living it, not just receiving it, we will live forever. If we choose to live what he gives us today by putting it into action, living his love in this world, we will live forever. I encourage you to read John 6 this week. Just read through it, what takes place and what Jesus says. Take what he says directly to yourself. Do you basically understand it? I think all or most of you do. There is nothing but praise of God and celebration spiritually that should come from that. If you're one of the minority of people on this planet who get this, blessed are you. So just take it reading it and do you believe it? Secondly and finally, I invite you to consider, in my exalted opinion, this is the single easiest reality with which to evangelize, with which to share with people the truth of Jesus. Because most of the world does not yet hear or understand this. You can tell people this 
why are you Catholic? Why are you Catholic? Why do you stick with this? Why are you, did you join this? Believe it or not, I believe that a guy 2,000 years ago turns out to be the son of God. Believe it or not, I believe he gives us his entire self through this Eucharist. I believe God gives us himself to eat and drink and give us life. That's why I'm Catholic. And if you think I'm crazy, you've been in very good company for about 2,000 years. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.